mercy and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for today is John 21. This is the disciple who is bearing witness about these things. The disciple is John. This disciple who has written these things, and we know that Jesus' testimony is, and we know that John's testimony is true. Now there are many things that Jesus did. Were one of them to be written, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Dear friends of Christ, you know, I'm going off schedule today. Um, the text for this morning is John, uh, from John 1.1. It was supposed to be the gospel lesson. I don't know why we ended out with the Christmas 2 gospel lesson, but that's an issue Julie and I need to talk about. But I saw that we had John 1. And uh, I preached on that on Christmas Eve. And, and so I thought, well, you know, I don't need to preach on it twice. So I thought uh, on December 27th is, is the day to remember the faithful St. John. So I thought December 27th, okay, St. John wrote John 1.1 and talked about in the beginning was the word. And of course, that's the way John starts out his, his, uh, his gospel lesson. He starts it out the same way Moses started out the Bible. In the beginning, in the beginning, God created the world. And, and of course, then John comes along and he says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word made everything, and the Word was God. And then the Word became flesh. Jesus is the Word that spoke at the beginning of creation. And so John fleshes out. I love the book of the Gospel of John, of all the Gospels, because it's the one that has the most, you know, it's the one that tells us about the Good Shepherd. It's the one that tells us about uh, that Jesus is the way and the truth and the life and he's the door and gives us all these pictures and he makes Jesus so simple uh, and he simplifies all these difficult things. And while Matthew is more into showing us prophecy and how the prophecy is fulfilled, John just keeps it simple. And I appreciate that because all John wants you to know, this baby that was born at Christmas, believe in him. This baby who was born, believe in him. And if you believe in him, you'll be saved. And that's all I want you to do, John says. I want you to believe. I want you to go to heaven. And so our theme for today, believe and be saved. You know, John was the youngest of all the apostles. And you can tell that if you've ever, how many of you have ever seen uh, uh, Leonardo da Vinci's, uh, the picture of the Last Supper? You know, if you've seen that, you've seen the person sitting next to Jesus and he, he looks almost feminine and he looks very young. That's because he's the youngest one. That's John. John was the youngest of all the disciples. And he had a brother. He had a baby face. Uh, and, of course, uh, he was the inner core of the disciples. There were 12 disciples, but there was an the inner core. There were Peter, James, and John. Peter, James, and John. Of course, there were two Jameses. Uh, James, the brother of Jesus, and Peter and John were the inner core. And uh, um, then Jesus... Uh, took them with them uh, to when Jairus' daughter was raised. He took that inner core with them to the mountain where Jesus was transfigured. And Peter, James, and John were there. The other one, the other James, was, James, was John's brother. And Jesus nicknamed uh, that James and John, the, the, the brothers, James and John, named them the Sons of Thunder. Because when they were in, in the area of, of Bethsaida in the, in the Samaritan area, in a Samaritan village, they wanted to call fire and brimstone down on the unbelievers there. And so Jesus said, now calm down, you sons of thunder. You know, 
I know you want, you want God's judgment on the unbelievers. Calm down. I, my plan down here on earth is more merciful than that. And uh, so, so John got that name. Again, uh, they played a major role, John did, during Holy Week. John was there uh, throughout the whole thing. All the other disciples ran away. Now, initially, when Jesus was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane, they all ran, but John came back. Peter came back. And so Peter and John were the only two there, but you know Peter, he stayed in the outer courtyard. John, he went inside. He watched the whole court. He stayed there with Jesus the rest of the time. He was underneath the cross when Jesus was being crucified. He was there with all the women, with Jesus' mother, as they watched him die. And, of course, at the cross, that's when Jesus looked down from the cross and he looks at John, and he says, John, there's my mother. Take care of my mother. And then John took care of Jesus' mother until about 48 A.D., until her death. So Jesus died 33 A.D., about 48 A.D., uh, the Virgin Mary passed away. Um, and then John moved to Ephesus. And uh, after Peter and Paul were killed for their faith, all the disciples died a martyr's death. They all died proclaiming this, this Jesus is who he claimed to be, and they were all willing to die for it except John. And so Peter and, uh, and Paul were dead, and there was no leader for the church. And then in his later years, John became the leader of the church in Jerusalem. Um, tradition says that other people tried, attempted to kill John. Somebody tried to put poison in his cup, and, and they say that uh, the poison turned into a slithering snake and crawled out of the cup. And that's why all the, all the apostles have symbols, and you'll see symbols for each of the apostles. And the symbol for the apostle John is a chalice with a snake crawling out of it. Kind of cool. Um, it's also said that Emperor Domitian had it out for, for uh, John, tried to boil him to death, and boil him in oil, but John was delivered from that somehow miraculously too. And it was, it was uh, Domitian who banished John to the island of Patmos, where he was in prison almost until the end of his days. Um, and, and of course, that's where he wrote the last book of Revelation. Um, we don't know when he died. Uh, some people think he died about when he was 98, right around the turn of the century. Uh, he might have been 100, and, uh, but he died from natural causes. He wasn't martyred. And John spent many years. He spent 98, 100 years telling the story of Jesus because it was all about Jesus. It was all about getting people to believe and be saved. I just want you to believe in Jesus. He's responsible for writing five books. He wrote the Gospel of John. Of course, he wrote John chapter 1, or the, the epistles, John 1, 2, and 3. And of course, he wrote Revelation. So the Gospel of John, John 1, 2, and 3, and Revelation. Um, but John was not able to write everything down. He was not able to write everything that he knew down. Um, he concludes his gospel with these words, Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were to be written down, I suppose that even the world could not have room enough to hold the books that would be written. That's pretty amazing. Had John written down everything about Jesus' life, all Jesus did, there wouldn't be enough books in the world to contain them. Now, you know, he's, he's speaking hyperbole here, but you, you understand what he's saying. Um, it's an amazing statement, if you think about it, that every moment of Jesus' life, even when he was in a manger, even when he was just a little child in the temple, 
every moment was a recordable moment. Every moment of God on earth was an amazing moment that should have been recorded but couldn't be recorded because then there'd be so much written we'd get lost and we'd forget the main message. And so they don't, don't write down everything. But how many questions do we have? How many things do we want to know about Jesus? Those things that John said, if I were to have written them, volumes would have been written. Um, but instead, John just tells us what we need to know. And we appreciate that. But, you know, Jesus turning the water into wine, that was just the tip of the iceberg. Jesus rising uh, the people from the dead, healing the blind and the lame and the deaf, just the tip of the iceberg. Just a few, I mean, just tiny little things that Jesus did in his life. Just calming the storm, um, uh, raising Lazarus, the events of Holy Week, his, his suffering, his death, uh, being called king as he enters into Jerusalem and then later crucify him. That's just moments so much more to be told, so much more that Jesus did than that uh, about his death and resurrection, but so much more, so much more than John could have told us. How many more details could he have given? What could we know? Well, he didn't. He just simply says, telling everything about Jesus' life would have taken volumes to record and leaves it at that. I'll just leave the rest a whole. Well, not quite. John did tell us everything. He told us everything we need to know about this baby Jesus, that he's our Savior. Believe in him. Believe in him and be saved. I'll tell you what you need to know that Jesus Christ might rule in your hearts. John 20, he writes, Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these miracles are recorded that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the one appointed by God, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in His name. I wrote this book so you'd believe, and you'd believe and have life. And if you whittle the Bible down to its very simplest message, it's this, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. It's just that simple. That's what Paul and Silas told the jailer at Philippi. What must I do? Well, just believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. That's what we want you to do. And Paul stressed the same thing when he wrote the Word of God. Jesus is near you. The Word that was in the beginning. The Word is in your mouth. It's in your heart. That's the Word of faith that we're proclaiming. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. John's message is simple, isn't it? Just believe in your heart. Just confess it with your mouth. Live it out in your life. Make this baby, this one who was born at Christmas, your Savior. And know that he's not just a child. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For Scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. And so John's message again is simple. He wants you to know the truth. He wants you to know that... Uh, that he wants you to be saved. He wants you to know that Jesus was born in a manger, the Savior of the world, just as the angels were proclaimed. For unto you is born this night in the city of David a Savior. Even the angels had the same message. We just want you to see the Savior. We just want to point to Jesus. This is the one to believe in. That everything is held together by Christ, that he's the source of all things, that he's the source of life, 
and, and he's the only life, and he's the light that enters the dark world. He's the life and the light of the world. And that's what John talked about at the beginning of his gospel. Jesus, the Word, is the light and the life. You see, Jesus, John wants us to know two important things. One, number one, Jesus is the Messiah, and number two, the one who was the, fulfill, the fulfiller of all the Old Testament prophecies. Jesus is the Messiah. And number two, that Jesus is God. And so he makes those two things very clear. And that's why he began his gospel. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus is God. He is the Messiah. He is the life. He is the way. He is the truth. And John writes, Jesus was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Jesus. And without Jesus, not anything was made that was made. And that's why Jesus said to his disciples, I am the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. You want to be saved? You come through me. You want to beat the devil? You come through me. You want to have your sins forgiven? You come through me. I'm the only way. I'm the only truth. I'm the only life. If you would have known me, you would have known God the Father also. Because if you've seen, if you, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, John writes. He writes these very important words of Jesus. And then Philip said, Lord, show us the Father. It would be enough for us. Just show us the Heavenly Father. And Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. Didn't I just tell you that? Don't you know who I am? And so when you see Jesus, you see God. When you hear his word proclaimed, you're hearing the voice of God. God is coming to earth and speaking to you. And so John points us to all that. John points us to Jesus. He points us to the baby in the manger. Points us to Jesus' words, Jesus' message. And he writes, no one has seen God at any time. No one has seen God. But only the only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father. Only Jesus has explained him. John also records these words of Jesus. Whatever the Father does, Jesus, he says, whatever the Father does, these things the Son also does. The Father shows him all things that he himself is doing. And so John lets us know that Jesus is God. And Jesus also says in the book of John, as, as John writes these words of Jesus, I can do nothing on my own initiative. John 8, 29 says, I always do the things that are pleasing to my Father. John 8, 38, he says, I speak the things that I have seen with my Father. I, have seen, I, have, I speak the things I have seen with my Father. We've seen the same thing. John 16, 15 and 17, 10 says, All things that the Father has is mine, and all the things that are mine are my Father's. I and my Father are one. And you know what God thinks? If you want to know what God thinks, you don't try to find it out there in the world. You're not going to search it uh, by looking at nature. Uh, you don't look at anything uh, that's going on around here on this earth. You want to know who Jesus is? He's communicating to you through His Word. He's communicating to you through water and through bread and through wine. And the Holy Spirit comes and He works in all that to help 
create faith in your heart that you might believe and be saved and find salvation. And that's why John wrote, And truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book, but these are written, these are written, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. And so Jesus is here for you. This manger child is still speaking to you. He still is every bit the Son of God that he always has been, and he's calling you. Believe in him and be saved. Trust in him. Put your whole life, your whole confidence, your whole future well-being. Lay your life into Jesus Christ. Let him cover you with his blood. Let him clothe you with his righteousness. And he will be your Savior for all eternity. And, And that's how we approach God. We approach God through his word and through water and bread and wine. We listen to his voice. We know who this baby was born in the manger child. And we look to him and we're saved. Amen. And now may the peace that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and to life everlasting. Amen.